Hi. Welcome to episode three of Crying in the Book Club, the exciting, uh, till, still technically new podcast. I mean, we've been around for six weeks at this point, but uh, the exciting new podcast where uh, three friends uh, sit down to talk about comic books that make us cry in good ways and bad ways. <laughs> so far, mostly good ways, I think. Uh, but each episode, you know, we pick a comic from the history of the medium and we we read it and talk about it. And uh, one of these days we'll get one that makes us cry in a, in a bad way. But hopefully not this week. Uh, hopefully not this week. Um, this episode, I uh, I got to uh, pick the comic book. I'm Jean-Luc, the host of the podcast. And I'm joined, uh, as always, by my two trusty co-hosts, Emily. Hello. I'm not used to being introduced first. I know. I, I figured I'd mix it up. You know, there's there's no reason to uh, keep old, keep the old ways. Elseworlds version of this podcast. Yeah, exa- exactly. Exactly. We switched up, the Elseworlds version were the only difference is we switched the order of introductions. Uh, and of course, how could we forget about uh, this Elseworlds take on our good friend Alex? Glorba blorb. <laughs> the, in this this in this world, Alex was born in America. How does this change his outlook on the I'm world? I'm holding a gun, <laughs> but you know it's good. Also, you, you know you mentioned the crying, crying. You know after reading a book, and I'm like, I know which one. I know it, it's coming. We've we've laid out a few episodes, and I know the one that's just <laughs> gonna make me sad. I, I like I know the one that's just like ah. Claudio, yeah. please. We're not gonna. We won't say. We won't say the title. Well, now people can no, infer it. But that—that's the author. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's just. A we'll, name. Build, we'll, we'll build to it. You know, the sense of dread will just grow. It's not even like soon either. Episode. It's just it's it's far enough away, but it's like I know it's coming. We're not recording that episode for like a month and a half, so you got a lot of time to build up. Uh, you have a lot of time to build readers up to it. Um. But this episode, uh, like I said, I picked the comic and I uh, chose a comic that this actually is a break for me. This is the first one that we've done that I have never read before, uh, which is Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, and we decided since Gotham by Gaslight is so short, we've thrown the sequel to, uh, which is called Master of the Future. Uh, and the two are, you know, commonly collected together. So figured we might as well just read them both um but not all of the other appearances of this this elseworlds batman um i think emily you and i both got the same trade on comiXology that has like four or five issues in the back that are, we both were just like eh, i'm not reading that i honest to god i started like the first page and like my eyes glazed <laughs> over and i just couldn't do it like oh, i was man. like i'm not gonna care about this i'm really not was it the um it was so it was the convergence one but was it the one where it's like because the convergence story was like you know all these different worlds and fighting against each other and if you lose you're eliminated from the the multiverse it's like yeah yeah that was a that was one of the dumbest events it, you know in theory i kind of like the idea of like oh they're having gladiator fights and like you know it's 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 two worlds and they're fighting but every single issue ended with both worlds surviving no one, no, no one died and then you know um, it went on yeah so th- there was there was convergence stuff and then i think there was like a multiversity one shot hmm. uh as well or it might not be a, like a one shot but i think there was there might have been an issue of multiversity where the, the gotham by gaslight batman appears and they just included that in the collection i th- cool. believe that's correct divorced from the other six issues of multiversity the uh, <laughs> the curse i did only had the two stories together so oh, you're perfect fine. 
I guess I was missing out. Um, yeah, so that that that's perfect for you. But I guess we should uh, we should we should dive into it. Oh, oh, actually, before we dive into it, we teased something last uh, episode. Emily, you have to tell us about uh, the Taco Bell White Hot uh, Fries Burrito. Uh, yeah, well, I didn't have the burrito. I just had like the like the plate of fries. Uh, it's probably healthier. I mean, the, the, the <laughs> it was yeah, just yeah. a I it, it was just a, a choice. Uh, I there was not really any uh, rationale one way or the other as to why I did not pick the burrito. Uh, but they were very good, very spicy, very good. Uh, quite enjoyed it. I actually several days later tried to get them again, and there was like some sporting event happening with the college and so apparently they ran out of nacho fries i had to get my uh my white hot ranch nacho fries with the uh the cubed potatoes which was still good but it's just not the same is this not not america this is not america oh this is america the, the the nacho fries shortages this time they've brought them back have been honestly unbelievable there have been so many Wait, times. Really? The, yeah. Like there have been so many times in the last couple months where I've like gone to a Taco Bell. And I'm like, oh yeah. And can I get the nacho fries as well? Oh, and like, it was so oh, bad. Whoa. They were out of Baja Blast. I, that happened to me a couple weeks ago too. We, yeah. w- one of my coworkers and I went out to, to talk to the drive-thru and we finished our orders. And I'm like, oh, and two Baja Blasts. And they're like, oh, sorry, we're out. My coworker was like, it's chalked. We should just leave. <laughs> that's a sign that's that's like, yeah that's, i mean like it's, if, there, it's if there's one place in the world that should have baja blast it should it's be. the place that exclusive the, the the exclusive home of baja blast yes. yeah wow you know, aside I, from uh john luke's body <laughs> as as john luke takes a swig of mountain dew oh yeah it's not baja blast but it's not they don't know that so it's okay that's true you yeah. could have told them and no one would have been the wiser it's true i don't like lying to our listeners it's just phew. you wouldn't want to no. Gaslight them. <laughs> oh, that was actually that was a good segue. I had one lined up too, but that one was way I better. Wait, what was your segue? Oh, I was just gonna say, yeah, we don't want to lie to them, so I've got some facts about Gotham by Gaslight, which is kind of <laughs> okay. lame. That one was that was killer. That yeah. was uh, that was that's a seasoned podcast. I've right never there. I've never heard a podcast that has a successful transition and doesn't like pat themselves on the back for it. it it's yeah. never just you like transition. Because listeners aren't smart. I'm so sorry, guys. Podcasting is a very <laughs> insecure business. We got to reassure ourselves at all times. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <sighs> but anyway, uh, Gotham by Gaslight and Batman of the Future. So these are two uh, Elseworlds stories, stories starring uh, Batman. If you have heard <laughs> Mr. That. Wayne. Uh, Mr. Bruce what? Wayne. Um, both of which are uh, written by Brian Augustine, who was primarily like known as an editor at this time. He actually... I was looking, I looked him up. He is like super important. He's the guy who like hired Mark Wade to write Flash and like broke Mark Wade out. So I, I didn't expect this to have so many like super important uh, people involved in it. But obviously uh, the the big thing it's known for is being the big breakout for Mike Mignola of Hellboy fame who, who drew, he drew Gotham by Gaslight. Um, and then Batman of the Future was drawn by uh, Eduardo Barreto. So a switch of the, a switch of artists, Barreto, uh drew was a really prolific south american artist from uh the 80s and and into the 90s drew everything from like spider-man fantastic four obviously this a bunch of other stuff as well yeah um and the two books were released as two uh oversized one shots in 1989 and 1991 
Um, and Gotham by Gaslight is, in addition to being considered, you know, the breakout for Mike Mignola on interior art, he'd done a bunch of cover work before. Um, Gotham by Gaslight is also the first DC comic to fall under the Elseworlds imprint. Oh, I um, didn't realize that. Yeah. So when it was published, it wasn't published with the Elseworlds. Obviously, it's not the first Elseworlds story. It, yeah. it wasn't even initially published with the Elseworlds imprint, like when it first came out. Um, but it is, it sold, it was super popular, super critically acclaimed uh, to the point that it spawned that imprint at DC. Um, and then obviously in all of the collected editions, it, it had that, the Elseworlds logo and everything, which, mm-hmm. and that was a super popular imprint for a really long time. Um, they, they killed it like right, they didn't kill it until like right before the new 52 came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's well, a lot of, you know, really popular stories like, you know, Superman Red Sun. Yeah. And, and it's kind of just become commonplace that there are these like stories starring these famous DC heroes that aren't in continuity. But, uh, you know, at the time yeah. it was like, whoa, you can do that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And, and it, it had been done before, but never to, as popular as, as this, you know, it's sort yeah. of like playing with Barbie dolls. Yeah, it, it really is like that. Yeah. It's like just like, well, what if I dressed Batman up in a different way? It's like when I bought a Shakira or when I was gifted a Shakira Barbie as a child and I didn't know who Shakira was. <laughs> <laughs> the true she's story. A, she's the star of uh, Zootopia. Yeah. Wait, is she? Well, she's she did like a song for Zootopia and she, oh, oh. Yeah. she plays like a, a gazelle. gazelle. Yeah. yeah. You know what? If if our former co-host, um, whose name escapes me at the moment, was here, he would he would I don't know, he likes Zootopia. <laughs> I'm gonna go find that on E621. <laughs> oh, do not type in Zootopia or do on E621. <laughs> like that is. Yeah, We're that not is, your dad. Uh, We're not gonna tell you what to do. It's true. <laughs> yeah, well, but you know, maybe avoid that. I, I will give you <laughs> advice at least. But yeah, I mean, it, it's also like you know, not only do like even though the elseworlds imprint is gone at dc like not only like alex said do they continue doing a lot of elseworlds stories but colloquially everybody just calls these sort of out of continuity things elseworlds like whenever something like there was that the tom taylor zombie book in the dc universe deceased uh, deceased great name great name (laughs) like oh man that is hold on we have to pause for a second that is a really good name yeah 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 it's it's great um there's that there's that vampire one that came also, out recently. Also by Tom Taylor. He's also by Tom Taylor. Vampire one, deceased, and injustice. So he's like, and the uh, medieval one. Yeah, yeah. So he's uh, it's it's a good niche because his niche is like, yeah. I guess it's just Tom Taylor. Doing yeah. It now, but, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but anyway, like the the point being, you know, everyone calls them Elseworlds, and and that wouldn't exist without Gotham by Gaslight. And having never read it before. Uh, and being somebody who, you know, reads a lot of comics and especially, you know, likes a lot of DC comics, I felt like I should, you know, fill that, uh, fill that void. It's so before we get into, yeah. oh, no, I'm just saying it's surprising that we like, I don't know that none of us, we, have we've read. read a lot of Batman comics and like, I've we haven't so read, we haven't read Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, I mean, I always, I, I, yeah, I'd never even heard of this before oh, yeah. uh, you guys brought it up. I had never heard of this. You learn something new every day. That's true, especially wow. in comic books. Especially in comic books. There's so many comic books. Uh, before we dive into it, I guess, spoiler warning uh, for Gotham by Gaslight and Batman of the Future. You can just uh, pause do... and go read those. It'll take you like an hour. 
Yeah, there it's yeah, sixty pages for Gaslight, sixty pages for Batman of the Future, something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, they're it's super a little short, more for uh, it's a little more for Batman of the Future, but uh, yeah, yeah, like definitely, not by much. Definitely not, you know, all six volumes of Scott Pilgrim. No, no, pretty close, uh, but not quite. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so so Gotham by Gaslight, um, it takes place uh, at the turn of the twentieth century in Gotham City. Uh, late 1800s uh, following Bruce Wayne's sort of emergence as Batman. It's kind of an origin story, sort of year one type thing. Um, But concurrently with, you know, Bruce Wayne coming back from abroad and, you know, coming out as Batman, well, not coming out as Batman, but, you know, Batman showing up on the scene, uh, the, you know, infamous serial killer Jack the Ripper decides to switch over from London to Gotham, uh, which, you know, the association there it results in a lot of public distrust for Batman and the story, you know, culminates with Bruce Wayne being framed for the murders um, and sort of like in this last ditch detective effort, really, you know, capitalizing on the detective side of Batman. He finds the, the key clue that reveals it to actual Jack the Ripper's identity to be uh, Jacob Parker, a family friend, an old family friend of the Waynes who uh, was, you know, was inspired uh, to do the murders after he was rejected by Martha Wayne after the Civil War. Um, as you do. yeah. As you do. You know, I mean, look, whenever a woman rejects me, I'm just like, I guess I'm going to go kill some people. That's why I stopped wow. asking. That's why I stopped asking people out. I was like, I'm glad you're no longer on Tinder. That's, <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Just give it. Yeah. I was doing a lot. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Batman of the Future uh, picks up three years later um, with. You know, Batman is more established, but also, you know, he's sort he solved the mystery of who killed his parents, brought them to justice, and is thinking that, you know, it's time to retire the cloak. He's got a fian he's got a fiance. Um, he's going to to elicit fights on the docks with his boy. Um he's on the planning committee for uh, a massive citywide fair that, you know, markets Gotham as the city of the future. Um so it's all, you know, going pretty, things are all t- coming up Bruce for uh, a little while until a, a dastardly fellow called uh, Alexandre Lejoie, uh <laughs> emerges on the scene, uh, threatening to, you know, burn the city down if the fair proceeds. Um, so after, you know, realizing uh, that he's acted this threat is serious, Bruce Wayne p- puts the cape and cowl back on, uh, much to Elf- Alfred's dismay. Uh, foils Lujois' plan. Um, you know, not quite foils it, I guess. He does kill over a hundred people before Batman <laughs> decides, oh, I should you, stop this guy. You gotta break some eggs to make it yeah, humble it. Yeah, exactly. But yeah. but Batman stops him, um, and this results in a newfound commit recommitment to the idea of Batman um, in, you know, sort of the face of a darker future coming to Gotham. Um, you know, in the words of, of his fiance. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that's a, the basic plot summary, uh, sort of high level stuff. I, it's, there's not like too much depth to, to the, to the pl- basic like plots of these. Um, but since none of us have read it before, I can't ask the normal, like easy question of, oh, what's your history with this? So instead, I'm just going to ask, uh, y'all like it? <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I like, well, okay. I liked gotham by gaslight more than i liked batman of the future for sure yeah uh but i did i i definitely i really enjoyed gotham by gaslight i was a little disappointed by batman of the future it felt like sort of a 
the like the villain drop off is like you go from like Jack the Ripper, right? And it's like this 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 historical figure, this like this murderer, and there's a deep connection to the Wayne family, and it's like, oh, this is so cool. And then you go to this like musketeer man who's like, like who I'm is, in the airship. Who is it's this like, guy? Like, why should I care? What do yeah. you have against Alexandre Lecroix? Do you he's, want he's me to make cool a list? Name. Yeah. <laughs> He's boring, and his his. I mean, it was cool that he threw the mayor out of the airship. I thought that was a really that was cool scene. Cool. Yeah, that was pretty. Where cool. he throws him out, and then he like crashes through the glass in front of everyone. And everyone's like, "Is he alive?" And it's like, "No, he's not. He's not alive. He's he fell fell pretty far." Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting reading this. You know, in 2022, where I've read a lot of Elseworld stories. Yeah. Because um, I thought Gotham, I guess it was good, but it wasn't like something where I was like blown away by it. But it was like a it was a solid, fun Batman story with great art in it. Uh, by but you know mike mike Mignola and um some some cool connections but it, it it felt like what i consider to be an elseworlds tale um but i'm sure at the time it was more like oh my god that's so cool um as much as i did enjoy the the setting and like the little storytelling it did like you see like you see like the news report about like the joker and like this this man with yeah, the hideous yeah. face i was and, like ah. <laughs> and he doesn't come up again and you're like oh but oh, that's so cool uh, and I that's kind of what I want. Does, but. That, that's kind of what I want out of an Elseworlds tale. A lot of the time is for me to be able to just go. Ah, I see that. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah, I mean that is one of the cool things about them, right? Is sort of like, and it's one of the things that makes a, a good, I think a good Elseworlds story feel like like a more full like world and story is when you know it, it is sort of like you know fan servicey stuff like that but it does it does help when it's like oh you know these circumstances are different and it doesn't only impact this specific story we're telling mm-hmm. um it's actually one of the things that i was like really thinking about while i was reading it uh was sort of you know how well it captures the time period and you know and something that i actually am curious to pose to you guys is if you feel like there's actually like, I, I don't know the depth is necessarily the right word, but did it feel like more than just like a palette swap? Because <laughs> a lot of the times that is like a, a thing that can happen with Elseworlds stories. Is it's just, I, I know like there's some Elseworlds stories that I really enjoy, but they do feel like, oh, you just thought this aesthetic was cool and didn't really consider the other ramifications of like what Batman would be like in a different era or, or with a slightly different background. So where did you guys... uh? Where'd you guys, where do you guys come down on, on that question, I guess? I think that because it's like, it's still very much Batman, like the, the you know, the way he acts, the way he talks. So uh, it, it doesn't go, I guess, too far in terms of like, hey, bringing him here and like, how would the era change him? It's more like, hey, it's Batman and he's in this era. Um, I mean, the the circumstances of, it, of, of him don't honestly don't change all that much. I mean, he has, it's the same backstory, you know, his parents are killed in front of him at a young age. Which is, I mean, which is what you want, kind of, sort of, because you're like, you're just like, hey, how, how would it work? And, and can we tell his origin story in this age and it still works? And I think I think it works really well. And like we talked about the uh, like the world building and that you get around it and you want to spend more time in this world, even though it's a familiar world with with Batman and how it falls all into place. Um, but and I think a lot of that is Mike, Mike Mignola's art in the first part um, where it's just like, you know, really pretty Victorian setting um, with with some grisly murders going on. Yeah, I definitely feel like this was a little more like thoroughly developed than just a palette swap. Uh, the movie is definitely what I would call a palette swap. Uh, but no, the the comic, I actually thought that they like did a, a good job of like figuring out what 
this situation, like how that would change the character of Bruce Wayne and like how that, but even, and even still doing that, like, it's like Alex said, like they didn't have to deviate that much because like, you know, it's just, uh, it's still Batman. Yeah, no, and in some ways, I mean, you know, there's, there's something to be said, I think for almost like this, like, like late, 19th century America being an almost even better standpoint for, for like a rich vigilante to do, get up to some shit. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, yeah. like, I think now we're probably, we've kind of like looped back to that, but there was definitely a time where it was like, I don't know, maybe a little bit less believable. It's like, um, you believe that he could be doing this and he wouldn't be caught. You you believe that he yeah. could be like, he's he's doing Batman and he's like, oh, but, but who was it? It couldn't have been Bruce Wayne. And he's like, oh, you're some Bruce Wayne. Um, it's also, I mean, we talked about how it's only like 60 pages long, but the amount of like, you know, storytelling and the stuff that it gets about Bruce Wayne and Batman and how it shows like their relationship in a really cool way. And it like, it, it gets a lot of mileage in 60 pages that like, it feels like a six issue miniseries that is like done in 60 pages and done well in 60 pages. Yeah. I actually think it's a really compelling take on Batman too. And one that's like kind of different from what we see now where there are a lot more Batman stories now that are about how like oh, Bruce Wayne is the real mask, you know? And it's like, that's Whoa. like a, and, and I mean, that's like, I, I, I don't say that in, like to, to say it's not a compelling idea. I just think that, you know, when it's all Batman writers have been doing for, you know, the better part of <laughs> it, decade, The problem like, is okay, when you, uh, when you present this as like a fresh new take. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. But, but this all, all this felt like, you know, it kind of back to basics in a sense, like an almost a, a fresh take in that way where it, it is, uh, you know, to Alex's point about like how it is like a lot about the relationship between Batman and Bruce Wayne, they feel, you know, there's, there's much, it feels like there's much more of a disconnect between those, those two lives in, um, at least in, in Gotham by Gaslight and, yeah. and at the beginning of Master of the Future, although Master, Batman of the Future seems to you know, be going in the, in the, in that direction. Yeah. And I didn't care as much about Batman of the future, but I did like where it ended where it was, you know, Julia finds, finds out that he's a, uh, that he's Batman. And like, it's one of the few Batman stories. And I know technically like, we don't know what happens after, but where it's like Batman is Batman and he's like doing his thing and his parents are avenged. So he's no longer like tortured by that, but he's also able to like have a romantic relationship with someone who he trusts, which is like, if, if anything, like, that's the most shocking part of the Elseworlds tale. We are like, oh, my God, he did it. Well, wow. that's such a great reveal. And, and I think that it's 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 led up too well in Batman of the Future. But I, I agree. That is, like, one of the stronger points of Batman of the Future is you have that sort of, like, background story going on with, with Julia, who, like, t- is telling the story about how she got saved by Batman and how she's, like, kind of in love with him. But, you know, she's also you know engaged to bruce and then at the end it turns out like she oh she made the connection a, a long time ago i thought um, that was kind of corny really? <laughs> I, yeah I, I mean i, I didn't I, really I, I didn't really like julia is the thing so like it, it kind of falls apart uh if you don't really uh like her as a character yeah yeah you wanted you wanted uh batman to stand her up at the wedding <laughs> i don't yeah, uh, want to be mean to her i just didn't like her <laughs> yeah it's just like the, I I've read so many Batman comics where like it gets to that point at either like she doesn't know that he's Batman or like he leaves or like she leaves and it was nice to just be like oh oh my gosh they're just wow it is nice oh. that he had just sort of like a normal like you know approaching healthy relationship 
Yeah, I mean, it, it. I mean, I don't think anyone who dresses up like a bat to go kick the shit out of people at night is gonna. But yeah, like this is is pretty close to a to as healthy relationship as a person like that can have, and that is one of the nice things I think about like playing in an Elseworlds space is that you're not a slave to continuity. Like you can do stuff like that, and you know it's only gonna matter for like those 120 pages or whatever it is that you write in that universe. But like, you actually get to do things that are you know, uh, status quo breaks that, that, you know, you could never get away with in like an ongoing series. And that's one of the cool mm-hmm. things about, mm-hmm. you know, Elseworlds. I do love, and this is another thing, I, I keep, there's like a bunch of small things in Batman of the Future that I really like. Uh, going back to what I said on the last episode about, you know, you get to the bottom of the Doritos bag, you just get the like fingers of dust. There's a lot of things like that in, um, in Batman, in Batman of the Future. I love that, like, yeah, no matter what universe we're in, Alfred is still just, like, hates that when he puts the, the suit on. <laughs> Alfred, there's, like, that panel where, you know, Alfred is, like, encouraging him, like, oh, you know, the, the cops can handle it, you know. Just do, you know, just just let it go. You got a good life. And then he, he later on, he, like, walks down to the cave and sees him and is like, oh, fuck, man. Uh, which I thought was a really good yeah. detail. Um. But we've talked, you know, a decent amount about, like, Mike Mignola, I think, as an artist. I think we can all agree <laughs> Mignola is, uh, does some really fantastic work, like, characterizing uh, the sort of eight, 19th century Gotham. And his, um, like, his art style with, like, the heavy use of, like, black inks uh, is just so perfect for this setting. It's sort of, it's kind of it feels like this entire project just like fell into perfect place. It really, I mean, there's a reason like Mignola like decided to set Hellboy and like, you know, kind of, you know, it, it, it takes place, you know, po- like post-World War II, but like kind of a fairly similar era, you know, like he really excels at those like moody sort of, you know, not quite modern uh, cityscapes and, and architecture and stuff like that. Um and I think is you know Alex mentioned this earlier, but it is a super important part of the the world building in Gotham by Gaslight that you know Manuel is able to draw that world so well. Um, which I guess is you know wh- where did you guys come down on the artist switch uh, <laughs> between the two? Because it is a you know I, like stylistically I, I would say that they're in the same wheelhouse, but the two, those two books look pretty drastically different to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought they. I thought they. I mean, I thought they both kind of knocked it out of the park. Um, and my issues with with the second story was not with the art at all. It was more, you know more so the writing and the the choices and all that. Um, but I thought, yeah, I thought Eduardo Barreto did a, did a really good job. And he's someone who I probably read stuff that he's drawn, but I don't remember. Kind if of you thing, look, so at, if nice you too. look at his Wikipedia page and his credits, it's like almost impossible to like. Yeah. Have he? He just seems like an artist who's like it's not a name that I knew either, but like. You just scroll down through his Wikipedia page, and it's just like, oh, I've probably read some issue that he drew at, at some point. You mm-hmm. know, like yeah, and, and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of like Alexandre, Alexandre Leroy or however it is that uh, that people like to say his name, but he he draws him as a nice swash. Like he does, he he gets that like grin, swashbuckling nature to him, even though he's a villain who killed like 110 people. Um, and yeah, I, th- I thought the art was was good throughout. Yeah, I I liked the art. Um, I mean, you know, it's not Mignola, but that's fine. They have like similar enough styles that it didn't feel like a jarring transition. This wasn't like uh, when we were reading the Harley Quinn comic and it went from the cutesy art style to like the the 
DC house style. It was, uh, yeah, like it, it wasn't very jarring. So like that helps with like the ease of transition into a new story. But um, the art, the the art was great, but the the story was just sort of uh, lackluster. So where I guess then, like, what is it? like what is it that like where where did master of the future i guess miss the mark because like it missed the mark for me too coming off of Gotham by <laughs> gaslight but I, I i'm curious where like what is it that like put you aside from you know alex's slander uh of one of the greatest villains known to Carl. i just felt like it was sort of like that's it yeah like like it was just sort of like he shows up and then like just it felt sort of unceremonious the way that he like was so quickly dispatched i know it's insulting and i think that like like you know everyone talks about gotham by gaslight and they don't talk about batman of the future um and i think if gotham by gaslight wasn't there i mean it, it would be tough i guess because he's like moved on with his life after avenging his parents and stuff but it's like it just doesn't hold up as much and there there also doesn't seem to be as many like universe nods and like world building around it i feel yeah. like I, like gotham by gaslight rating it i'm like oh i want i want more of this world but i'm happy i don't get more of this world and batman of the future i'm like you know i could i could you know take it or leave it it's i, like I just know there. uh john that you love our boy uh the roi but uh they, they do say leroy like if they do leroy. say like, leroy like it's typed out like that but that's I, not I, how that is i know pronounced. but it's all, yeah it's more fun that it's like saying le croix Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's how that word. That's the how claw. that drink is pronounced. But uh, yeah. I just I felt like even if they had just made this like some legacy Batman character that they had retooled into this villain, like he felt really random. And I that may seem weird because the villain who ends up being Jack the Ripper is also kind of random. But the writing is so much stronger in that book that it just doesn't like feel as i don't know what word i'm looking for it's also jack the ripper too like well yeah the fact that it's jack the ripper helps but like so it's just like aside from him being like a a fun swashbuckling rascal like why am i supposed to care about this guy yeah no i i totally it's such a 182 because like Gotham by Gaslight really feels like a detective Batman story. And, you know, for what it can do in 60 pages, I'm not saying it's like some intricate puzzle box that, you know. But there's some detectiving. But but there's like, yeah, there's detectiving. And it also Mm -hmm. comes with the sort of like built in prestige of like, oh, Jack the Ripper. We don't know who we like. That's not a, we never saw those murders. We like never actually solved. So it's like, there's some sort of like built in uh, uh, prestige to it that like, you know, to have Batman solve something like that. Like there's like you, you take, you bring things in from the real world and you can like, you know, sort of transcribe that onto, onto the story that's being told. And also like, it is like, you know, the big thing in, in uh, Gotham by Gaslight is not like some big, like fight at the end. It's Bruce Wayne gets framed for murder and is in, is in a prison cell and, you know, gets the case file and is like analyzing the case file and finds like, you know, sees a picture of the knife and recognizes the insignia on and is able to like piece things together that way, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and, and there's so much building up to that. That's like, 
supposed to establish that he is this like really great detective i mean the opening scene is him like talking to freud learning like freud's oh my god that was funny the opening reveal that he's talking to freud i'm like okay fine yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i'd also forgotten about that it was like okay i look i i would love a comic where batman and freud actually like talked to each other like had a dialogue for 60 pages sometimes a bat is just a bat yeah yeah (laughs) Yes. Um, but, but you know, like, it does all of that, like, I think, and, and then, you know, he, he has this rapport already with Gordon as, you know, solving crimes. And that's like, it's sort of like detective serial pulpy in that way that is. For sure. Uh, and then and then Master of the Future just, it does feel like a much more traditional Batman story. I mean, you could, you could I hate to say this, but you could swap out Alexandre for, uh, you know, Rachel Ghoul or. Well, yeah. specifically Rachel Ghoul, given the, you know. Which I think, like, it w- and I think I would have enjoyed it more, too. Because, you know, in, in Gotham by Gaslight, we get, like, the Joker tease, and we might get someone else tease, I don't really remember. But it'd be like, oh, like, I, I feel like it would almost make sense where it's like, we're teased the character, and then we get another character that's like, maybe it's like Killer Croc or something. And it's like, oh, Victorian monster. Um, Leroy could have been the Joker. Leroy. <laughs> yeah. He takes Le Joker. Le Joker. I also think the reveal at the end really is yeah. really stupid. Like, oh yeah, that like he's being bankrolled by a corrupt councilman who mm-hmm. who we've bought, met already, and it's like, who, yeah. yeah, who like bought a bunch of property and wanted to collect on the insurance money, and that's why he wanted it to be burned. That's like every like, Scooby Doo episode. Like, come on, man! It did feel very Scooby Doo, Alex, but without the charm, it would have. I almost think it would have been more compelling if, like, we'd seen that part of it get worked out. But it felt very much like, you know, it, it, it reminded me a lot of the end of Hush, where Batman just, like, figures out that the Riddler was behind it. But you never see, like, the work. And, and that's, like, what, you know, Gotham by Gaslight does is you see the work and, and you get all yeah. the backstory. And it, like, fills you in on everything so that, like, when he takes down Jacob, Uncle Jacob, at the end, it's, like, it's satisfying because you know how Uncle he Jacob. got to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know how he got to this point. But, you know, when, you know, you just get, like, two p- pages at the end. It's like, oh, he showed up at his office. It's like, it was you. And oh, then, you, you got me. Yeah, it, it was. I, I didn't it, I, it didn't occur to me, but it was very, like, Scooby-Doo. like. And I, and, I, and I love Scooby-Doo, but, like, you know. You, no, this was not Scooby-Doo in a good way. You need to you need to have the good stuff to be. Uh, to be yeah, exactly. you gotta, yeah, you need no. the, like, goofy chase scene, which. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there is a chase scene in Gotham, I guess. There is. If there was music to it, ten out of ten. But <laughs> well, you can comics, watch the movie right? for that. Well, hold on. So, I, okay. Yes. Yeah. Can we? I know we don't want to talk about the movie too much, but I kind of want to talk about it a little bit. So, what I remember from it, watching ten minutes, is that Poison Ivy's in it. Is this true? Yes. Is, is she? Yes. So, I mean, like so she what is, is literally it? in it for like five minutes. So is it like, I mean, I guess to say, but I like, I'm wondering if they went really hard with like the, here's the Batman rogues gallery in this thing. And like, we're going to parade them. Yeah. Okay. All of the Robins are a little tiny street urchin orphan gang. <laughs> and they end up getting hired by Alfred because they try to steal from him and he catches them and he's like here i will help you and he hires them to help him like i don't know get some shit to batman or something i was kind of not paying attention through some of this because it's bad but um alex i would like to ask you if you could guess who you think 
Jack the Ripper was in the Gotham by Gaslight movie because it is not our boy Uncle Jake. It's not Uncle Jake. If I remember correctly, is not even in the movie. No, not at all. Okay, uh, is it a... Is it a... It is a pre-existing Batman character. Is it a villain or a hero? I'm not going to answer that. It's Bruce Wayne's dad, Thomas Wayne. <gasps> That'd no, be pretty okay. good, but no. Uh, okay, uh, it's Alfred. Stupid. <laughs> that okay, would oh also be. That also might be less stupid. Uh, yeah. Oh, Harvey Dent, Two Face. No. Commissioner no. Gordon. I'm you done. All, I'm yeah. Done. No, it was. It, it is no, Gordon. it is Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> it is a hundred percent. Commissioner Gordon is fucking cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Like he has this insane, uh, righteous. Uh, I mean, like they're they're playing on the like actual Jack the Ripper stuff, but like cranking it up to like a thirteen in yeah. like the worst way. And oh god, it's just it's horrible and bad. The character so, assassination of of uh, Jim Gordon Jack the and Jack the Ripper <laughs> and a nice guy and Selena Kyle and in Selena, this movie. Oh my god, the Selena god. Kyle. Be what, what what's the Selena Kyle stuff? Oh, she's like uh. She's like a women's rights activist, but in a way that is like actually very sexist and awful. <laughs> Lovely. And everything about the way that they write her character is terrible. There are is... some really good voice actors, like really like known, like name voice actors in this. And I'm glad that they all got like a nice easy payday. But like, oh my God, this movie so, sucks so, so is bad. It, so does Commissioner Gordon kill the Waynes or is that part gone too? That part's gone. That part's gone too. Mm. Yeah, because I guess that I left that on the plot summary, but the big thing is that it's revealed at the end that Jacob also hired the the man who killed the Waynes, and he was only supposed to kill Thomas Wayne because he he wanted to, you know, he still had a had an unrequited love for Martha. But, oh, but your husband's dead. Yeah. But all of that is sort of gone. I mean, you know, it it really Emily's right tonight. It really dials it up to such an unnecessary degree. Where like Gordon's motivation is that like you know he has PTSD from fighting in the Civil War. And he, as a result of that, like wants to cleanse Gotham. You know, he's very much like a, you know, a Rachel Ghoul type. If Rachel Ghoul specifically wanted to kill hookers or like, drug dealers, <laughs> like it's you know, granted, it's like a twist, and it's at least it, like it's not like taking Gotham by Gaslight and just copying it. It's like let's put our own twist on it. But it's like there are things that, like what's the point of adapting Gotham by Gaslight if you're not going to like it's a. I mean, it's a completely different story. Yeah, I mean, like, they really, all they did was kind of lift the aesthetic. And there's like a couple of times that they like throw in like some like line references to the actual comic. They, they had, they draw a little bit from uh, Batman of the future in that there is a blimp and the world's fair in this also. <laughs> yeah, but like that, nice. that doesn't really much of anything either. Yeah. I mean, it is, and it is so uninterested in like the Batman side of thing. Like, like for, you know, for like Gotham by Gaslight and Batman of the Future, I think have a really interesting sort of perspective on the Batman character, and the movie is so uninterested in in any of that. Does he um, um, get happily married at the end? <laughs> or uh no, no, he does oh. not. Uh, he's like fucking Selena Kyle in this movie. It, you know, Batman fucking Selena Kyle is very in right now. Yeah, that's true. true. Huh. If we, so we've talked about, it's funny, we've talked about three um, comic books and they all have their own movie adaptations. Um, what, what's your ranking right now? Those three. 
Uh, wait, Hush. Uh, no, 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 just like on the the podcast. The three. Scott Pilgrim, oh. Watchmen. And... Oh, okay, right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought you it's... meant DC. Um... No, Scott, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim, Watchmen, Gotham by Gaslight, and it's not like close, right? Like... I have a hard time deciding whether I think Gotham by Gaslight is worse than Watchmen. Really? I would say, oh, I would say, I mean, Gotham okay, by Gaslight. I guess it's diff- okay. Watchmen is a better film, technically. But I don't. I get relatively the same amount of enjoyment, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so it's and hard to by Gaslight took ten minutes for my life because I didn't finish it, or I watched it <laughs> took like three hours. So it's like you watch the ultimate cut. That's your own fault. <laughs> it's the only one they had on the on the site. Damn. Yeah. No. I mean, the movie is just like a massive like assassination of of the comic. There's like no better way to describe it. It's like it's virtually yeah. unrecognizable it's interesting because i think in hush they also changed the ending they changed like, a lot who, about who hush also to... yeah so it, it seems the ones that they're adapting now they're like well some of them at least they're like hey you know this what if we change it a little what if it's a twist well because i mean that's the thing right like i i understand like changing that for an adaptation because like you know if, if you're telling it what is essentially a detective story you know part of the fun is that like there's a twist at the end that you like yeah. you know, don't know who it is so if it was just you know uncle jacob then it's it's i i understand that aspect of it. i don't know why they had gordon go fucking change, for change like, as a concept is not bad it is the specific changes that were made it's just like it's, yeah, all... <laughs> it's also like it, it is really weird because it's like there there is there is a part of me that is like really put off by the ending of of uh batman of the future because it feels like uh, at the end of Batman of the Future, Batman has decided that he's going to be James Gordon from the Gotham by Gaslight animated movie, um, which is like in terms of like his sort of like crusade against crime and all of the like, you know, I hate there's a darkness that you're to... kind of right, actually. Well, yeah, so I mean, that's like an like... adaptation. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole crux of, of Batman of the Future, right? Is like, you know, you start off with Gotham by Gaslight, which is like, you know. It is a dark, Gotham is like a, a is a dark place, but like and, and Jack the Ripper, but Jack the Ripper coming in is like, you know, you get the impression through the sort of like inserted like newspaper clips that, you know, Gotham is not the evil place that you know we have come to sure. we've come to know at, at least at that point, right? And then in Batman of the Future, the, the whole the, the sort of thesis of the book is that no, it is becoming an evil place. Like they start off with like it almost being like more metropolis esque, you know, in terms of the, mm. the, the DC universe. But then at the end, the whole reason he, you know, Julia encourages him to put on the bat suit is like, you know, they, the people of Gotham are headed for some dark times and they needed an avenging angel. So uh, like, that's like one of the other things that I really took away from it is, you know, um, what about that? Like the sort of, like, what does that sort of imply about like, I, I like about like, batman and i i'm curious like how much of that you think is just like you know sort of a reactionary tendencies they're almost like inherent to the superhero genre that like you know watchman gets out or like how much of it is just like the writer like inserting you know yeah. weird trad shit like I, I mean i think it's i think it's interesting because like batman's whole thing in, in a lot of his adaptations and, and work is like his parents were killed and he wants to either avenge them or make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else. That's like, you know, pretty central thesis to it. So he gets, you know, he he solves the crime in this one and he like feels good, but he's not like they're still dead. Right. And like he still like doesn't want that to happen to anyone else. And, you know, whether he whether he shows that in a in a responsible or, you know, mentally stable way. No, but um, it's 
it's like a, it, it's an evolution that we see a lot with Batman or even in the ones where like, hey, like in the animated series, he like finds Joe Chill and like, you know, deals with that. And Joe Chill, I think, dies at the end and he forgives him or whatever happens. But he's still he's still Batman after that. Um, and he seems to always be. Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely that aspect of it. There's also the like to me, like um and this has sort of be- is something that's sort of core to the Batman mythology now, but sort of that like Batman's emergence sort of invites the rest of the the sort of chaos and and everything that comes with Gotham, right? Like, sure. I, I don't think I-, I I don't necessarily think that you know it's an accident that Gotham by Gaslight is sort of set up as a year one style story where it's like you know Jack the Ripper and Bruce Wayne come back, come to Gotham on the same fucking boat, you know, like, and and I think that there's something interesting there because it's not just like, it's not just that, you know, oh, you know, the Joker wouldn't exist without Batman. You know, the Joker was driven insane by, you know, Batman's desire for order or or whatever, right. Or, or Harvey Dent would have never, you know, gotten half his face burned off if it weren't for like Batman showing up and like sticking it to the mob bosses, right? Like stuff like that. It's, it's much more, um, I think like symbolically it's much more foundational almost than that. Sure. Like there, and it's kind of interesting because you don't often see, and I think it's like, I think this is like very much like, I, 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 I probably am grasping a little bit here, but I feel like there sort of is an implication here that like, you know, that batman and 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 jack the ripper are sort of you know not one in the same but you know letting either of them loose on an otherwise normal city has a similar you know has a similar effect we're not so different you and i (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) what do you mean but i mean we even see that in the comic right it's like the you know they, the the in the newspaper inserts like can't decide if people are people can't decide if they're more scared of Jack the Ripper or Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 which I think is a I think is a pretty compelling, you know, yeah. in an Elseworlds context is a pretty compelling. Yeah, and I I think because uh, they show they show someone who's like the Joker who might not actually I guess be the Joker yet. Ah. It's, it's it's the it's the Joker. Yeah, but like we don't know if. You know, did Batman have anything to do with that? Did that happen on its own? And it's just like, is is the city getting darker? And Batman's arrived at the right time, or is Batman arrived now the city's dark? So it's like, you know, which or is, is the you know, city getting darker and Batman arriving is also just as part. It of doesn't that. help. It doesn't help. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> but, it's all you know, sort of it, it's cool that there's so much to unpack in a sixty-page book. You know, like I, you know, you you had Batman of the Future, but if you're just looking at Gaslight, it's just like, huh, that's pretty cool. Like we're, we're able to talk about, you know, similar time that we talk about like Scott Pilgrim, which is the six volume, you know, thing as we're talking about, um, yeah, 120 pages of a book. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that is, uh, that is true. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a compelling story, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's formulaic in some ways, but in, in ways that like feel, you know, it's, it's very much like back to basics almost, which in some ways it's nice to have superhero comics that that do that that are just like yeah yeah we're just gonna tell like a, a pretty straightforward story you know it's a sort of it's a there's a bad guy and a good guy and you know the good guy has some shades of gray to him maybe but you know it's 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 pretty it's pretty simple he solves the crime it's not like you know he's not uncovering the court of owls or whatever you know it's not yeah they're not aiming a doomsday laser at <laughs> at gotham city um i i wouldn't say the stakes are low but they're not you know 
what we've sort of gotten used to. And I think that it's cool to, it, that, that was like one of the things to me that was like, you know, you read so many superhero comics for so long and, you know, you sort of become desensitized that when you read something that is a much more straightforward story, it's like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. I, would, I wish there were more of these. Yeah. yeah. I wish there were, there were more stories like that. Um, and yeah, really, I can't say enough good things about Mike Mignola. We have a yeah. um, we have a a bullet point here that says yeah, I'm curious about fan this. fiction. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, Gotham by Gaslight is you could. I mean, it's hard to call it a fan fiction when it's like a great writer and a great artist doing it, but it's you know, it's and the also, idea you know published. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Also but, but officially sanctioned. But you know. You forget all of that, and it's it's you know up till this point there weren't too many stories where it was like, hey, we're taking these characters and putting them in new directions the way we want to, and it's like, well, what would he look like in that? And that's you know a lot of fan fiction is like taking these characters that we know and you know love and sort of being like, what would what? they look like naked? Yeah, what would they look like naked or like you know in Victorian times? Yeah, you, you know what? It's a good one. It's a good one. Mike Mignola and, and you know they didn't go that direction for this one. Um, but but it made me think. They'd of have the... to wait for you know Brian Azzarello to do that. <laughs> I got three issues of that and, comic uh, book. Uh, Lieber Mayo is the artist on that who actually drew yes, it, right? Yeah, and, it was. A, you know what? He's a great artist. He's that's nice cock. God bless. <laughs> the point is though, uh, it just made me think of the of the Batman issue uh, early on in like the Silver Age where Alfred was writing fan fiction um it's i think it's like batman 131 and it's like they started doing a like you know every few months it would be a batman fan fiction story where he's like that's really cool where it's like what if batman like actually like married someone and like you know was happy and stuff and alfred's like writing this fan fiction as batman's like beating up like you know homeless people he's like oh what what if bruce was happy and everything so it's like so batman's married to batwoman in this one and they have a son named bruce jr and dick grayson becomes the batman and you know, there's it, Bruce Jr. becomes Robin, and it's a it, it's a lot of the stuff that Grant Morrison ended up taking, and then like you know just making it really dark and also campy at the same time. Um, but we are going to be reading like four different Batman stories from over the ages, and I think spoiler I kind of want to do. I I think I kind of want to do uh, yeah a little bit of a spoiler there. Oops, uh, I think I kind of want to do one one of Alfred's fan fictions because it was uh it's it, it's a really fun Silver Age like storytelling device. I like that idea. I've never read any of those. I know about some of them from, you know, things like you said that Grant Morrison did uh, <laughs> on on their run of uh, of Batman and Batman Incorporated. And, yeah, you know, yeah, six it, or six, eight, six, seven, eight years of fantastic Batman comics. Really good stuff. Yeah, and, and a lot of those too. You'd have like a crazy Batman story where like, oh my god, like everyone's dead except batman and it was crazy and then at the end it's like and alfred was writing this in a book like, <laughs> is that well, where okay. comes from okay alfred no no that that okay. was just legit that was real that was real that was oh real. yeah because it's a real imp from the fifth dimension right 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 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, didn't, I think i did know that <laughs> if you guys i, I did know that oh no you, you finish i, w- I was gonna oh, ask I... a question I was just going to say, I, I totally knew that Batmite was a real imp from the real <laughs> a real fifth dimension. A real fifth dimension. If you guys were going to do a, a Batman Elseworlds story, what would your what what's your pitch? Hmm. I would do Batman in space. Nice. I don't know what that would mean yet, but uh, would Dog Welder be there? That's uh, sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I don't know that I'm. 
do you know who Darkwell is? No, no, I do not. Yeah, okay, I, yeah. it, it's a good pitch. He his his, <laughs> his his superpower is that he welds dogs to people. Yeah, some yeah, alive, some dead. He fucking rocks. I love but like, Welder. Yeah, I, I you know in in some comics he figures out how to keep the dogs alive, but at the beginning of his thing, he's just like like people would wake up and they'd have like a dog attached to them. Um, and was yeah, it, was it Warren Ellis who did like a a, a dog welder? uh book like during rebirth uh it was whoever created it i i don't know who and it's not not warren ellis um he's the guy who did preacher oh garth ennis i get garth ennis yes yeah a a very weird very garth ennis character um but he doesn't have to appear in your in your elseworlds tale emily i why did you ask about dog welders (laughs) because on an episode of opinions are cheap a while ago chad and cameron wrote their perfect batman story and of course, it was about um, Batman being dog welder, being in space and welding dogs to people. Of course, and Batman being too busy and sending Robin into space to deal with it. Because Ch- Chad loved that dog welder miniseries. That's why. That's why yeah. I remember it. Because he, really, yeah. I, I think he really liked that it. Yeah, tracks. It, it was. It was like NASA scientists were looking at the moon and they were like, "Why are there dogs welded everywhere?" And then Batman's like, "Go get them, Robin." <laughs> and uh, it kind of has like an alien vibe to it. So, uh, yeah, very, very interesting. All right, you guys have had time to think. What's your Elseworlds? Ah, not enough. Go ahead, John Luke. <laughs> I, I was gonna say, I, 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 it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard question to, because you have to come up with like a concept that's interesting. No, just give me like, like one sentence, like, just, just like think of, think of a, a weird idea. You don't have to figure out the details of this. You're not writing this unless you want to. Yeah, that's true. Um, don't overthink it. You, how long do you think it took me to come up with Batman in space? I figured it out by the end of the time I was asking this question. <laughs> right, but that was also my idea. That was what came to oh, mind. Oh, okay, okay. I really like the idea of Bruce Wayne, uh, whose parents never get killed, and yet he becomes Batman anyway. Uh, but... Le- not out of like some like righteous you know crusade for against crime which i you know i think that like that is you know i think that batman is like a pretty noble character if a pretty fucked up one in some ways mm-hmm. um but i like the idea that he just becomes batman because he is like bored and apathetic and flunks out of yale for the third time and is like <laughs> i need something to do with my free time uh this seems fun but he's really bad at it and just gets his ass kicked all like throughout the whole thing. Nice. Like he, so ne- he can't, he can't. Win. <laughs> yeah. But, but kick ass, but he's rich. So in theory, he shouldn't be getting his ass kicked like that. But you know, he also, yeah, yeah. He, 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 he has like all the tech and stuff. Like he's like, has the Batmobile. Oh, so like, he kind of is night owl. Yeah. Yes. He's night. Owl. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I came up with night owl. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Alan Moore and We've Dave come Gibbons. Full circle. <laughs> All right, Alex. I like, I'd like to see Batman in high school, in like a high school romance kind of thing. And all the villains are just like, you know, either not necessarily people he's like dated and like, because, you know, sometimes you like date someone, you're like, oh, they're the worst person ever. And they're like a, you know, regular person with like, I don't know, whatever oh, my the Batman characters would be. Crazy. She, she, oh, and then you tell the story and you're like, oh, okay, well, I don't know about that. Um, but yeah, or yeah, just just put Batman in like a in like a high school drama with like heart, broken hearts and 
and crusades and stuff like that. And, yeah, yeah, you know, Batman's sort of like Jesus and that you only hear about him uh, when he's a child or when he's in his 30s. You don't really get a, a lot of... Uh, yeah. You don't really the get journey. the teen years. And no. I think that... Uh... I'm talking but muted. Oh. I, was like, I was like, John Luke? There's a there's a graphic novel in the DCYA imprint, which is called like has some name doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, that is about uh, Batman right as he turns right as he turns eighteen, I think. Oh, okay, wow. interesting. So it's not quite like high school. Yeah. Else. Like I, I I would like I would like it to be like very like like not really focused like just like very committed to like the romance part of it though. Like you know like high school drama and like we that should kinda. do the. Uh... Nora and Victor Freeze graphic novel that is that conceit. Okay. Thanks, DC Comics. Just I, you know, just a, just a, just a thought. I, the, it, it, I've never read it, but I, I, I am interested in uh, some of the like DC YA stuff because, like, I, I keep telling you to read that Aquaman one. I know. Oh yeah, That's, uh, the Becoming or whatever that which mm-hmm. they wrote that character into canon. Yeah. Uh, too, oh, cool. Which is kind of annoying. Yeah. But... I, you are not the only person I've heard <laughs> from that that's very good. So, um, I it did. is really good. I, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed it. It's not like totally my thing, but I liked it. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not, it doesn't have the edge of Gotham by Gaslight. Hoo-ah. It's not mature enough for you, <laughs> man who buys Lego sets. Oh, that's cool. Is that from Doctor Strange? Yeah, it is. I just flashed the uh, the Doctor Strange tentacle monster Lego set. Spoiler! But, you know, Spoilers just, for uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. That movie will be out of the theaters trailer. by the time this episode comes know. out. I don't know. It was it was out for like three days. People are like, "Did you see the big twist?" And it's like, "Stop!" No. The dude the the big twist, which is that John Krasinski is Mister Fantastic, is Reed Richards. I didn't know about that going in. Thanks, when, he sh- when he showed up, I lost my shit. I was so pissed. Wait, is that... <laughs> That's not real, is it? Oh, yeah. No, it's real. Oh, God. No. It's, I haven't it's, seen it's it, real. and I, I don't know if I plan I like to. to imagine, I like to imagine the whole the rest of the theater being like, yeah! And John Luke being like, fuck! <laughs> Just like... There was somebody who started applauding when he showed up. I don't know if it was because it was like Reed Richards or John Krasinski, but, you know. Mm. Like, I was excited. I was like, oh, my God. Because they started building up, like, oh my god, they're writing the Fantastic Four, and that's cool. I'm not like a Marvel fan, but I'm like, I like the yeah. Fantastic Four, and I'm like, that's that's neat. And then it's you know John Krasinski, and I was I was so happy. 15 minutes later, when Wanda tears him limb from limb. <laughs> okay, I didn't know that part. <laughs> yeah, I've heard so, uh, some spoilers, but somehow John Krasinski as Mister Fantastic did not. Uh... Yeah, that, that's that's the only one I know, and that's the only one I want to hear. So. I mean, I, I'm not here to talk about Multiverse of Madness. No. We should, however, talk about, uh, go, go to some of our, our, our segments. Yeah. Uh, you, sh- you, you may hear a ring. We, do we have a, we don't have a doomsday yeah, yeah, clock. Yeah, we'll, we'll have it. We'll, um, yeah, yeah. I should, uh, I should get some sort of doomsday clock, but um, in the What's meantime, that sound? I have, uh... <laughs> that yeah. It's your boy, the doomsday clock. <laughs> Ew, what's up? doomsday clock what's up um, gamers it's the doomsday clock <laughs> um yeah and that means that it's time to talk about the characters that cry the most in gotham by gaslight slash batman of the future no i thought this was the 
or is this not the segment where we talk about what made us cry? They're the same. We do the, this one and then we do that. Okay. Three episodes in and we're falling apart. We're Just... falling apart. We've nobody only knows, done three nobody episodes. Nobody knows the segments. I, no, I think it's like we put the crying one in the character, like in the thing earlier, but they don't know that, so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, it's, it's in the, yeah, in the, you know. The we'll do a double feature. It's okay. Subscribe to our Patreon and you can get access to all the Google Docs. Yeah. And we also uh, each uh, cried for one minute straight. You can hear the audio. So if that's, that we have a your unique whistle. cry for every episode. <laughs> I'm minting my cries on the block. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. uh. So, who cries the most in in these in these comics? Um, hmm, it's got to be Batman because his parents are dead. Yeah, that's too easy. That's it's true, oh, but he's so sad. Or it's uh, or it's Jack the Ripper because he's. I like, was gonna. That's because that's he, what cause I was he, cause he killed the woman that he loved, but also like, not. I don't know. He's. I don't know. That guy who lost out on all his insurance money from his land deal. There must be a yeah, but he, but the thing is, he wasn't crying till the land deal fell through. Yeah, so he only had one cry. But it was right? pretty intense. It was an I intense. Think, cry. I think Alexandre had a pretty intense cry. I know I he, cried when, when I saw him. His best friend was killed. <laughs> the the little robot that flies the airship. Okay, sorry, we, we didn't mention really that. That was really that. cute. That was that was cute. Really random. Like it, it, it kind of fed into that steampunky sort of yeah. nature, which which was. Which was nice, um, and then Batman kills him for no reason. But yeah, the Batman who's committed to no killing apparently that doesn't apply to robots. Yeah, it's really, it's fucked up. Well, see, the no killing rule doesn't apply to Gotham by Gaslight Batman. Actually, that's a, that's a fair point. It never comes up. How will we know? True. That's true. Let's tweet at uh, Mike Mignola. Yeah, I'm sure he'll. Yeah, I'm sure he'll know and want to respond to us. Thirty thirty years later, yeah, he's been waiting. The NDA is over. (laughs) He can finally say whether Gotham by Gaslight Batman kills. Actually, that that's a that would be a great like headline that all the dog shit comic book websites would run. You know, Mike Mignola goes on like the Kevin Smith podcast and like says you know, something about whether or not Gotham by Gaslight Batman kills and all like CBR comic book.com, you know, all uh, the comics podcast. Yeah. But... Yeah. 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 The comics podcast. We, the nerdy, uh, bleeding cool. We, the nerdy doesn't write anything anymore. <laughs> you know, they, they would all have headlines that were like secret revealed in all caps. Gotham, Gotham by Gaslight Batman killer question mark. It'd be the same as like, you know, the true ending of the killing joke revealed articles that we got in like 2015 uh, when somebody made the very obvious observation that Batman kills the joke. Why did the Joker stop laughing at the the end of the comic? (laughs) The joke wasn't funny to him anymore. You know, you know what? I also, I also like that ending though. I, I I like that. He was just like, huh? No, I'm not humoring you anymore. Batman. I'm out. Um, Anyway, uh, same time next week. (laughs) <laughs> i don't mind the i don't mind the reading of it that like now that batman is laughing it's actually not funny to him which is why it's a great ending right it's like it's like multiple nice things but yeah but you know we, if you want to read some really funny articles that are yeah 800 words about a one line interview <laughs> wait a minute did you guys hear that sound That's the Doomsday Clock saying it's time for our first ever cry space.
What's a oh, cry space, right. John Luke? A cry space is when we talk about something that uh, made us cry. This, you know, in the time since we last recorded an episode of this podcast. And it can be a good cry. There's there's lots of reasons to cry that are, you know, happy. There's some that are sad. And yeah. uh, we'll find out which reason uh, those were this week. Um, as Emily established last week, I'm the host, so I don't have to go first. Uh, well, you, you, you <laughs> so, do have to pick a go first, though. You have power. All right, Alex, that's you. Yeah, I, I figured asking that question would have, you know, got me there. Um, so, um, you know, r- real listeners, people who listened to episode one will know that my cat died. And people who listened to episode two will know that I also brought up the fact that my cat died. Um, so, you know, very, very sad, still sad. Um, but my brother has decided to get a new cat. <laughs> my brother also died. <laughs> and this oh, is how just, you just, tell just us. Just give me one sec. Just... Adam? Oh, commitment oh. to the bit. Commitment to the bit. No, he good. He good. Is he okay? He's good. Yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah. But, but, so. We were worried. We're getting, we're getting this little, <gasps> this little furball, who looks a bit like Gollum from Lord of the Rings. Um, a little baby, about, you know, five weeks old, which is going to turn into a nice old Siamese cat, <gasps> which we're going to oh, have. So, so uh, yeah, that's, that's my uh, happy cry space this week. John Luke has left the building. <laughs> <laughs> Look, there's aren't very many times that I'm gonna actually get to use that one. I like how I, I'm glad you didn't bring up play that song when I was like, my cat died. And it's like, cat. <laughs> but I kinda wish you did. And at the same time, like <laughs> oh. uh. Emily, what's your uh what's your cry space? I cried just now. Um <laughs> My actual, my cry space is, uh, I mentioned this in our group chat, but I watched the new Netflix show Heartstopper, which is based on a graphic novel, and I'm half tempted to uh, just sort of slide that onto our list of things to read. Um, But it is a like coming of age story about uh, two boys that fall in love and like one of them uh discovering like his sexuality and like it's just really cute and sweet and i did cry several times like some of them were happy cries some of them were sad cries it's eight episodes uh and i liked it i ended up reading the uh first two volumes of the uh the comic which covers basically what the the show covered and enjoyed that as well so happy, happy hey. and sad cries from a Netflix show. Nice. <laughs> Netflix still makes shows. That's good to hear. Just, <laughs> yeah. That's why I started crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I also started crying when I heard that Netflix is making shows. Um, I only have a sad cry this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, yes. Did they run out of nacho fries again? No. Um. My dream one, it started as a happy cry. And then I saw that my dream lineup for a show announced that they're doing a show together. Um, My Chemical Romance and Coheed and Cambria. (laughs) The most insane Uh, targeted combination. I know. Like, I can't think of another, like, two band lineup that is more, you know, for me. 
than than Coheed and Cambria and My Chemical Romance, um, which I would also love to be a fly on the wall to hear Gerard Way and Claudio Sanchez talking about you know the craft of writing comic books. I think that would be awesome. Um, but then I you know it it quickly changed from a happy cry to a sad cry when I saw One Night Only. It's like okay, there's still a chance. Maybe it's one night somewhere that I'll be. And turns out it's in fucking Oklahoma, one of the uh, worst know. states in the union, if you not can, the worst. Jean-Luc, I'm just saying it's a while's away. You can make it happen. It's possible. I, I And, and I this, thought this about seems it, like a once-in-a-lifetime thing. I, I, it, it, it could be they go on tour next year together and they love each You know, it's great. But it could be like the show ends and they're just like fist fighting. I, you know? I know 100% in my heart that John Luke has already tried to run the logistics of what it would take to get to this show. I'm, I wouldn't say it's not going to happen. <laughs> but I will say the chances are pretty low. I will say if you go. As someone who's not a fan of Coheed and Cambria. As someone who's. A, a moderate fan of my chemical romance. I might come. I might come on down. <laughs> you you might come. Might come on Cross down to border. Oklahoma City. Yeah. I mean, hey, that, if if you were there, that would actually tip the scales probably. If I had a, if it was b- two bands I love plus seeing a friend. I don't know where Oklahoma City is. Full disclosure, but it's, I will. Uh, I, it's maybe. in Oklahoma, so it's in Oklahoma. okay. <laughs> yeah. It's not like one of those like weird ones where it's not actually in. Alex, do you know where Oklahoma is? Do you know uh, which region of the of the United States? Okay, is? so this is the U.S., right? Yeah. I'm guessing it's like center middle left. No. No. Center middle right. <laughs> Top no. left. No. Bottom right. Uh, cl- warmer. Middle right. Middle it's bottom. Like, it's like bottom middle. Yeah. Mm. It's like just above Texas. Oh, mm. <laughs> mm. we could go see the memorial to the Oklahoma City bombing. That's like the only thing to see in that city. We could see it multiple times. We could just you know, check it out, eat lunch, Make go daily back. visits, have a picnic. We could record the podcast. No, never mind. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> we could do a double episode on the the Amory Wars and Umbrella Academy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Well, if there's not much to do in Oklahoma City, the chances of us being able to sit down with with Gerard and 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 Mister 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 Sanchez, Mister Sanchez, not you know, not I'm not, sure not impossible. I'm sure they're not busy. Yeah, <laughs> we should get a sign saying "Come on our comics podcast" and get front row seats. <laughs> and just uh, yeah. that would be that would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I think that'll do it for the main content of the episode. Uh, Alex, I'm going to throw it to you because you have the pick for our next episode. So I would you do. like to tell the listeners what that is? There was a lot of thinking, uh, a lot of contemplation, a lot of looking at the pin doc to remember, you know, exactly what we are doing. This is the wrong doc. Um, yeah, this is a book that's very, I don't know, it's, it's, it's one that's gotten more important to me as time has gone on. Uh, oh yeah oh no not really well yeah i mean like it's it's more important now that i've read it than before i read it uh but but i did uh i did read it for the first time about two months ago uh it's a book by our our good friend brian Kavon, uh with art by uh pia Pia guerra no 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 
You're thinking of uh, our, our good Why the Last Man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm looking at my bookshelf right now for all the audio listeners, which is all our listeners. Um, Nico Henriken. Miko Henriken. Nico with a man. Nico, yes. So it is The Pride of Baghdad, which is a, uh, a really good book about um, lions escaping from the Baghdad Zoo during uh, the U.S. Uh, invasion. Is that yeah. a, yeah? Yeah. It's read it for the first time. It's preoccupation, so it's definitely. Yeah. Invasion. Yeah. Read it for the first time two months ago, and um, um, you'll find out what I think about it. But I guess I nominated it, so yeah, yeah I liked it a lot. I have I mean, there is, it. you know, there's merit in reading comics that are horrible. It's true. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, I'm glad that you uh, can convince yourself of that, John Luke. I've done it many times. In, again, there must so be not merit next week. Not next week, not the week after, but the week after that, guys, what? skip that episode. No, I listened to it, but no, it's it'll be good. Yeah, but next week, Pride of Baghdad, Brian K. Vaughn. Uh, also, not a very long book, probably about like 200 pages tops, if, if even that. It's around um, the same length as the, the total of uh, our reading today. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a little longer. A cool book. And I'd say a the biggest deviation we've had from from anything we've done so far. Because it's about lions. <laughs> and everything else has been about humans, so. I guess being about lions is pretty different. Yeah. I wonder if you'll be playing that next week after you read it. I, I <laughs> Probably know. not. I don't I feel like yeah. that's not the vibe. That is not the vibe of Friday. I, I haven't no. I haven't started it yet and I have not read it before but I get that that is distinctly not the vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But in 2 weeks you'll uh, you'll have that episode all yeah. set for you. So, very exciting. And Jean-Luc you've read it before and this is a revisit, correct? Yes. Cool. Uh it's been I read it once it's been maybe it's been. 7 6 7 years. It's but what's the I, there's a song I was thinking of, but it was it one week by the bare naked ladies it's been one week oh it was sorry i i yeah we're gonna do a music episode where it's just bare naked ladies and cats musical so yeah i'm very into this idea um all right cool we will go ahead and wrap there uh you can follow us uh, on Twitter uh, at, at crying book club. Um, you can rate and review us on your podcast platform of choice, uh, assuming we exist on that platform, but we should. And assuming uh, that they let you rate things. Yeah, exactly. Some of them don't, but if they don't let you rate things, you should tell your friends, you should and write a letter to your Senator. You should write a letter to your Senator telling them, or, you know, whatever kind of representative you have telling them to listen to the podcast. We should do that. I mean, I'm not in I'm not in the US, but you guys should send letters to your I senators. I think I think you should send letters to our senators and the <sighs> fact that it's postmarked coming from Canada will make it even funnier. <laughs> don't you have it's an true. MP? Yeah, I guess. Who represents works like, kind of like a senator? It just sounds cooler to say write a letter to your senator. That's true. I mean, I'll do it. I, but. I think a congressman is more likely to like listen to my letters than a senator. So what if we just send it? What if we just send it to the president? The president can't read Damn. Yeah, she gets change done. Look, if AOC can play Among Us, she can listen to our podcast. She could be on our podcast next week. Pride of Baghdad, AOC.
that would be an interesting conversation. They did an AOC comic, right? There was like a. They did. Oh like my there, god! What there's was a comic that? company that that does a lot of um like parody ones, and they literally just ha- take every political figure and throw and them together. We read it, and it was horrible, right? Like, I have yeah. something. I I don't know like if I read one it. Of the worst things I've Well, read. don't worry. We'll, we'll we'll look at those in a future episode. We'll look at that <laughs> whole imprint. Yeah, um, that'll be worth our time. Um, you can also find me on Twitter. I'm I'm at Mountain Dew Liker. MT do liker and uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd at uh, I'm JL Bill there. Uh, Emily, where can people find you? They can find me on Twitter at impandanata or Letterboxd at Pandabor or Twitch at Pandabor where I'm playing the Ace Attorney games still and uh, the following podcasts Imagine Me and Utina, Fresh Podcast Market, and That Looks Terrible. Which I assume will one episode of that will be out by the time this is out. So, who knows? And if not, write to your senators. And if not, write to your senators so that my podcast co-host Annie will release the episodes. <laughs> <laughs> like keeping them locked up until you know, yeah, like a law that gets passed. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, they take, they take a it. break from sending. You know from billion dollar arms deals and instead of like we have to pass a law to there's actually the a trigger podcast. law that they can only be released once they overturn <laughs> roe versus wade oh why so do they have the- arms arms deals and not legs deals hmm? find, out next week. find out next week <laughs> find out uh, uh from alex on the internet where can people yeah find you? Uh, you can find me on twitter i never tweet but at alex Anziak, so um i don't know maybe maybe i'll tweet when this uh, podcast is now out maybe maybe i'm tweeting right now go check oh. come on get if, get over there you're gonna uh, miss it that's that's uh, alex's tweet i don't like how much you look like that me yeah whoa your okay. is really good we might have like to it. turn this into a video uh, podcast just for moments i mean it's that and when we're when the theme song is going on I and would, we're dancing i would shave if we did a video no, john you should just take a picture of yourself doing that and i can trace over it the way they do the wojack memes it's happening live. I'm, I'm gonna clip this. I'm like, do the do the thing. Okay, perfect. We <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. One. And enjoy yeah. uh, the two weeks between episodes. Did you hear that sound? That's the doomsday clock saying it's time for first ever cry space. I should just. What? You should just record yourself saying that, and I can put that in the soundboard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, it, it's time to play the outro music. Yeah. Words or <laughs> well, sentences, so. that's fine because like you don't need to read the you don't necessarily need to read them beforehand it's true i'll be surprised yeah i also didn't read the book i hope that's okay <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but i watched as the long, animated flick as long as you watch the movie well, okay <laughs> did you actually watch the movie or i, I watched 10 minutes of it I, I I didn't watch it again for the show. We can talk about it on the show, but John, like, again. you remember how you said that the movie was really bad and that no one should yeah. watch it? Yeah. yeah. I was wondering if Alex had decided not to listen to me. Did you well, watch it? 
I decided not to listen to you. Oh, uh, Emily. That's that's See, I I was going to watch it. right though, right? Like I I finished watching it about an hour ago, right? That thing is dinner. a piece of shit. Oh it's, god, it's so bad. It's like like cuz I, you know, I I watched that before I read Gotham by Gaslight. Me and too. The fir- and the first scene I oh, think really? is like, is is like the brutal murder like kind of rapey thing. I think that's the first yeah. scene. It might yeah. be the second scene or something. But I turned it off after that. And then in this one, it's like sure he killed people, but there's nothing like that. And it's like Bruce Tim, are you just like are you getting up on this? Is like I it's really, that movie is insane. I have so many questions regarding like all of the the DC animated universe because each one of these movies is increasingly weirder than the last one I watched. Someday we should do an episode that maybe is a, we we pick like. A, a DC animated universe movie I think from each like of three us, different, three or four different eras. I think each Under of us the Red picked Hood. one. The yeah, Red like we do, like we, we could do like sub, like Batman: Mr. Freeze, Sub Zero, Under the Red Hood. Yeah. Um, what, what's new? Wait, what? Which one just came out? Uh, uh, um, Long Halloween. No, Injustice is the newest one, actually. Oh, I haven't seen that one. I did watch that one. I didn't know they made an Injustice animated movie. The problem with that one, it's actually a good adaptation of, like, the first arc of Injustice. The problem is that the first arc of Injustice is really bad. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I heard Injustice was really bad. Alex loves Injustice. I love the, I love the, yeah. You like the the later stuff, right? Like, not the... uh, Yeah, like... Right when it first came out was when I heard that it was bad, so... Yeah, it was, um, like, I I really got into it, I think, around the second arc of the first one, and then they did a year two one, which was really good, too. The year Uh, two one is the one that I hear, like, a lot of actual praise about. Yeah, I mean, it's... it's That was when I really started to like Tom Taylor as a writer. Yeah. With his his Elseworlds style, uh... Yeah, it's related. Interesting. Um, Well, I should probably hit the theme song button. Yeah, hit the theme. (laughs) 